Well, good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome tonight to this special message on the subject of Passover. So tonight is the beginning of the uh, of the Pesach, as it's called, or Passover, which is a um, celebration that lasts one week. And I thought it would be really, really helpful to... Um, we're okay with the volumes here? Yeah, I thought it would be really, really helpful to... Uh, give a little message tonight on the meaning of Passover as it relates to to uh, Christianity and how it relates to Jesus and communion and all of these things. So for some of you, this might be very new. Uh, for some of you, you might know uh, some of the, the meanings and the symbols and all of these things. But this is a very significant night for the Jewish people around the world. Uh, because they will be observing Passover beginning tonight, and some of them actually do what we're going to do uh, for two nights in a row, and we're going to make it very, very simple for you um, and and help you understand what Passover means. And this year, in 2020, of course, it takes on really more a more intense uh, meaning because of what is happening around the world with the this worldwide... Um, uh, virus that that has taken the lives of tens and thousands of people. Um, so uh, Passover 2020 is the the subject matter for tonight. So just want to give you a little announcements before we begin today or tonight. Uh, maybe you're watching us for the first time. Maybe you're not part of our church or anything, and you just stumbled onto this feed, or someone forwarded this to you, or you just happen to be watching. I want to introduce myself to you. My name is Joe Friedland, and I'm the pastor. At City Point Church, uh, we are now not meeting in the movie theater, of course, but uh, we're meeting tonight via the the technology that we have available. So if it's your first time with us, we welcome you. And you can just send a little message, message us, message me privately. You'll find all of our information on our website. And uh, you could make comments on this feed, ask questions, prayer requests, anything you like. Uh, you see our website address uh, at the bottom of your screen. I uh, want to let you know as well about Good Friday night. We will be doing this again at 7 p.m. Uh, we will have communion together on Good Friday night, so you can get some emblems ready in your homes, a little bit of juice, a little bit of bread. That's all you really need. And uh, we're going to answer the question, very basic question, why was Jesus crucified you may say oh well that's easy jesus died for our sins but why was jesus crucified what was the what was the the reason why he actually went to the cross in that time how did that all happen and that's going to change your perspective on what good friday is really all about uh, then on easter sunday we are going to have our easter sunday service stream at 11 a.m and uh, we're going to ask another question uh, with with churches canceling all over the place and, and no churches meeting. Uh, is Easter canceled? And can you cancel Easter? And what if there actually was no Easter? What difference would that make in our lives today if Easter never happened? So that will answer on uh, Easter Sunday. And then we're going to do something very, very special in the afternoon. We are going to have a, uh, by invitation only, Zoom call. And on that Zoom call, we are going to play a, a game. And it's a quiz on the Easter story. 
and we are going to uh, give an iPad to the winner. I will ship it to your home. And if you have been watching the Easter devotionals, the countdown to Easter, you likely are going to win that iPad. So in order to participate in this, you have to watch the stream on Easter Sunday because I will need your name, I will need your email, and I will need your cell phone number because all of the details about how to get into the game and how to get into the Zoom call are going to be communicated during the service, okay? So if you want a shot at the big prize, uh, you need to join us on Sunday morning at 11 for our stream. Invite friends. Uh, that's fine. They can watch. And uh, we're, we're looking for people who never have been to a church in their lives to, to, for the first time, experience the message of Easter on Easter Sunday. Okay, But that game is by invitation only. If you do not have a Bible, I encourage you always to download the YouVersion app. It's the best Bible app on the market. And also, if you want to contribute to this ministry, you can do so on our website on the Give page, okay? And last but not least, kids, uh, those pictures have been coming in, and we've asked our, our kids to uh, draw pictures of the Easter story using whatever type of medium they like and to send them in to us, and we've had them rolling in. So if you, if you still have some, send them in, and we're going to do up a nice collage and present that probably on our church's Facebook page in the days ahead. You can email them to the address on your screen. That's my wife Janet's email address. Okay, visit us online at citypointchurch.ca and remember uh, Sunday, Easter uh, Sunday and the special uh, Zoom call with the quiz at the end. Okay, so tonight is the beginning of Passover. And this is a very, again, unique year uh, and it'll be a very unique experience for Jews around the world because this is typically a family celebration. And they cannot gather with families. They cannot gather with friends uh, because of the physical distancing necessary to protect us from uh, the virus. But I want to, to teach you tonight on what it means. Three words for you that will come up on the screen. Remembrance, slavery, and deliverance. This is a, a festival where the Jewish people remember. They, they look into the past and they remember the faithfulness of God, first and foremost, to deliver them from slavery in Egypt as per the book of Exodus. And Exodus means to a whole group of people move from one place to another this is what is first and foremost remembered, but also the Jews look back in history and remember the many, many times when God delivered them from many threats, uh, when God reestablished them back in Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity, when God mm, spared them from uh, genocide in the book of Esther, you know, when God... Um, uh, reinstated them in their land and they became a nation again in the year 1948. Uh, time and time again, the Jewish people have faced uh, eradication, genocide, and they remember uh, the Holocaust, from the Holocaust and to the establishment of their nation, to Esther, to the Babylonian captivity, to the, to the Exodus. They review all this this um, 
uh, the, the act of redemption, the act of deliverance that has taken place in their history, starting, of course, with the book of Exodus and the deliverance from Egypt. And so there is a ceremony on the first night of Passover, which is told to us in the, in the Bible, and we'll read a few passages tonight, um, and it teaches us what to do. And uh, it's very straightforward, and, and things have changed over the years and been added over the years, various traditions and so on. But the basics, of course, are always there and are still there to this day. And there is a meal that is served tonight and in some traditions tomorrow night as well. And there is um, um, what's called a Seder, and that uh, means order. And there is various readings, and and uh, a special ceremony is done uh, from what's called a Haggadah, which is a telling. And the the basic story out of the Exodus is told, and various prayers are prayed, and there are symbols at the table. And I have a traditional seder plate here with the various symbols, and I'll put them on the screen for you tonight so you can learn what which each symbol means but this is all about symbols and the symbols represent something so there are various symbols at the table okay i'm going to start by reading out of the book of exodus and chapter 12 uh, starting at verse 1 just checking the volumes are we okay we're okay on volumes, yes? My sound tech, video tech, everything's good? Okay, Exodus chapter 12. That's my family, my wife and daughter helping tonight. Exodus chapter 12, starting at verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month. So in their ceremonial year, Passover is the first festival, and the this is the first month in their ceremonial calendar, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor Having, having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what, with, with, uh, what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are not to eat uh, sorry, they are to eat the meat roasted over fire along with bitter herbs. You'll see that tonight. And bread made without yeast. You will also see that tonight. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire. Head, legs, and inner parts. Very specific, very detailed. Uh, do not leave any of it till morning. If some of it is, is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it with your cloak tucked under your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. 
it is the Lord's Passover. Verse 12, Exodus 14, on that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn. This is the 10th plague that we read about in the book of Exodus, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. We'll just pause there for a moment. Um, we see in some ways a, a, a strange parallel to what we're living today. And we are all to stay in our homes. We are all to stay away from people and to practice physical distancing. And uh, this is because we don't want to be, uh, uh, we don't want to transmit and we don't want to be um, uh, infected uh, by this, this virus. And uh, it just has a strange parallel. Here you have these, these Hebrews that night told you stay in your homes and you cover your door the doorposts the frames of your doors with this blood of the lamb and god says i will make a distinction between the hebrew people and the egyptians it's a strange kind of parallel of course today all of us doesn't matter what our religious views are uh, we are all asked to stay at home and i hope that you are doing that but for jewish people tonight when they read this passage it, it takes on an even deeper meaning verse 21 then moses summoned all the elders of israel and said to them go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the passover lamb take a bunch of hyssop dip it into into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of your door frame not one of you shall go out the door of his house until morning when the lord goes through the land to strike down the egyptians he will see the blood on the top and sides of the door frame and will pass over that's where we get the term passover pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them. It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped and the Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. It's a incredible passage of scripture and uh, if you were in a Jewish home tonight there'd be a lot more scripture that would be read. There's a very uh, elaborate ceremony in some homes but we're just going to take a moment to to pray before I get into all these symbols and what they mean. Father we thank you for your faithfulness tonight as we think about the Passover 
uh, celebrated for thousands of years and remembered for thousands of years. Tonight, it does take on an even deeper meaning. And Lord, uh, today in the 21st century, uh, we pray for your protection over homes. We pray for a vaccine. We pray for our leaders we pray for our health care workers and people in essential services on the front lines. Uh, God, we pray for people in hospital and in intensive care units that you would bring life to people's bodies and breath into people's lungs. And we pray, God, you would ultimately deliver this world from this, this awful virus. We pray, God, your power, your power and your your uh, redemption, your salvation, your deliverance for us all. In Jesus' name, amen. So the symbols at this table, very, very uh, significant. And I'm going to go, go through them one by one, and you'll see little red circles around each item. I took a photograph of our plate so you can see and you can learn, okay? Uh, the first uh, is a little, uh, looks like a little bone there. That's called Zeroa, and that is uh, uh, the shank bone of a lamb. And this is, again, right out of Exodus chapter 12, and the, the lamb and the, the animal that they were supposed to eat, okay? So that's what that uh, represents it, uh, it, it, on this night for Jewish people. Uh, we'll go to the next one in the center of the plate. Uh, you have what's called maror, and that is uh, uh, bitter herbs. Uh, usually w what's used there is horseradish, and I've got some of that on there tonight. And this is to symbolize the bitterness of slavery. Again, you see that in Exodus chapter 12, okay? Uh, so it's, again, been, been preserved for thousands of years right up to today. The next item is a, a hard-boiled egg, actually, and we call that beitza. And this is not uh, mentioned to us in the Bible, but it is traditionally represents the sacrifices that used to be brought to the temple. And of course, the temple has been destroyed and uh, uh, not rebuilt since the year 70 A.D. OK, uh, next on the plate, you have what's called haroset. And this is actually a sweet mixture. Uh, it's usually apples or nuts or brown sugar. Sometimes they use wine or different spices. And again, this is not something uh, that you see specifically in the Bible, but this represents the mortar that the Hebrew people used to mix, uh, uh, to lay those bricks f when they were in slavery to the Egyptians. And again, you can read all of this in Exodus. The book of Exodus is all about that. Uh, for those of you with kids, I highly recommend the movie A Prince of Egypt, which is an excellent, very, very um, encouraging, very uh, well done uh, movie that you can watch with kids that will teach them the uh, Easter story. Okay, uh, next. Um, where are we? Ah, okay have uh, chazaret, which is a, a bitter uh, bitter vegetable, uh, typically. And uh, what do I have on there? I have some, uh, uh, some lettuce there. And this is, uh, again, uh, traditional, not specifically stated in the Bible, but it's, in some traditions, represents the bitterness 
of slavery, okay? There's some debate on this, but again, this has more to do with tradition, not so much mentioned uh, in the Bible specifically. Uh, next on the plate, you have what's called carpus, and this is a, a vegetable. Again, it's uh, supposed to be bitter. Uh, I have some uh, ginger on the plate tonight because I did not want to go out and go and buy some parsley. I didn't want to go out to the grocery store, so I used some ginger. And this is dipped in salt water uh, during the Passover Seder meal, and it's said to represent the tears of bondage and the tears of slavery. And uh, then we have, and you'll, I have some in front of me, but you also see it on your screen, we have matzah. And matzah is the unleavened bread that you see in Exodus chapter 12. They did not have time for the yeast to rise, and so they were told to not put that in there. And that's what the, the matzah is. And then you will see uh, the cup. And this cup is usually wine, and this is used several times, at least four times, during the Passover Seder, and I will get into that uh, a little bit tonight. There is also um, a tradition uh, called Afikomen, and uh, what happens there is the matzah is actually in a, um, a cloth that has three sections to it, and during the ceremony, the center matzah it is broken in half, and one half is, is returned to the pouch, and the other is hidden somewhere in the home. And at the end of the ceremony, uh, uh, someone has to go and find that. Typically, it's the youngest child who would go in the home and find that uh, Afi Coleman, and then they would be given uh, uh, like a, a present uh, at the end of the, um, uh, the ceremony. Uh, and so anyway, I, I'm not going to get into the Afi Coleman tonight. Uh, I could get into so many different details, but I want to keep it basic for you. In the Seder meal, there are, there are typically four questions that are asked. This is a Hebrew teaching model where you're asking questions and responding to questions. And so here are the four questions that are asked. Question number one, why do we eat unleavened bread? bread without yeast, the matzah, why do we eat unleavened bread on this night when on all other nights we eat either leavened bread or matzah? So it seems like it's optional on other nights, but why on this night do we uh, specifically eat bread that is unleavened? And the answer to the first question is we eat unleavened bread because our ancestors could not wait for their breads to rise while they were fleeing from Egypt. And so the question is stated and the answer is stated. And then you have question number two. Why do we eat only bitter herbs on this night when on all other nights we eat all kinds of vegetables? And the answer to the second question, we eat that maror, that bitter herb, to remind us of the bitterness of slavery that our ancestors endured while in Egypt, just to pause for a moment, you know, many times skeptics uh, of the Bible, and this is a popular question today, they say, well, how can you believe the Bible? Doesn't the Bible condone slavery? I mean, it's very, it's very uh, easy to try and say that, but we need to read things in context, especially when we understand what slavery was in the New Testament and the Old Testament and all of that. I mean, the biggest festival of the year, the biggest celebration of the, of the ceremonial year for Hebrew people is the deliverance from slavery. So God certainly does not condone slavery uh, in the Scripture. Question number three, why do we dip our vegetables twice 
on this night when we do not dip our vegetables even once all other nights because we in a Seder meal there's salt water and they dip the, these vegetables in the salt water and the answer to the third question we dip twice green veg number one green vegetables in salt water and uh, maror in haroset a sweet mixture of um of nuts and wine so these these items on the plate you dip vegetables in here the first dip the green vegetables in salt water symbolizes the replacing of tears with gratefulness um, uh, uh, there's passages in the Old Testament that describe that in the prophets in the second cup uh, or the second dip I'm sorry symbolizes the sweetening um, uh, the burden of bitterness to suffer uh, and suffering to lessen its pain. Okay, so you have the various emotions expressed through the dipping in these various things on the Passover plate. Okay, um, and question number four. Why do we eat our meals reclining on this night when on all other nights we eat our meals sitting or reclining? Why are we reclining particularly on this night? And in some traditions, they actually physically recline when they sit at the table. And we do this, the answer is, in eight, because in ancient times, a person who reclined at a meal symbolized a free person, free from slavery. And so we recline in our chairs at the Passover Seder to remind ourselves of the glory of freedom. Uh, we're going to look into the Last Supper in a few moments, and uh, many scholars believe that the disciples were reclining when they observed that meal with Jesus before his crucifixion. Um, so those are the four questions and the four answers. And then you have four cups, at least four cups. In some traditions, there are even more. And there are four cups that you um, that you take in this ceremony. And they are also out of the book of Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter six. These are not it's not commanded to take the cup. These are these are traditions that developed over hundreds of years, but they are derived from Scripture. So Exodus chapter six, verses six and seven. Note the I will statements here. And these all have uh, sim, uh, symbolically they're symbolically referred to by these cups. So uh, Verse 6 of Exodus 6, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you to be as my own people, and I will be your God." Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So those are the four cups and we call them uh, the cup of sanctification, the cup of judgment, the cup of redemption and the cup of the kingdom. Now, I just want you to remember that there were four cups because we're going to move to the Bible's New Testament and uh, look at how this was observed by Jesus. And this is when it enters into, uh, uh, it gets particularly relevant for people of faith. So it was observed by Jesus. I think we missed a few slides there. Let's go back to where it says the four cups uh, uh, from Exodus chapter 6. And we'll just go through them really slowly. We have the cup of sanctification. It'll go on your screen so you can see it. And then we have the cup of judgment, the cup of redemption, 
and the cup of the kingdom. All right. I think we missed a few slides there. So this was observed by Jesus. Uh, we see this in the Gospels. But I want to focus in on Luke chapter 22 because there are clues in there that show um, uh how Jesus took this ceremony of the Passover and how he applied it to himself. Okay, so this is from Luke chapter uh, 22, verses 7 to 23. Now, in a Jewish home, this would not be read, of course, but in a Jewish home where they believe in Jesus, it would be. Okay, so to if there are any uh, Jewish folks who are watching this, again, uh, this is the way that we are interpreting it. My intention is not to to offend. Uh, you know, you may have a, a, an obviously different view of who Jesus is, but I'm applying this um, to uh, to the New Testament and how Jesus took took these things and applied them to himself. Okay, so Luke chapter 22, verse seven. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked and he replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? So it's very clear there. This is going to be a Passover meal. There are some who debate this and say this wasn't a Passover meal. It was pretty clear to Luke that this is a Passover meal. So he will show you a large upper room, all furnished, make preparations there. And there's a lot of preparations. I've done it very simply tonight. But in Jewish households, there's it's like a full day or more to prepare the whole meal uh, there's a large meal that takes place after the, the Seder, and it's a big, big affair. Okay, I'm making it very, very simple uh, tonight. Verse 13, they left and found things just as Jesus had told them, and so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined, note that reclining there, reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Now watch very closely. After taking the cup, which cup was it? We're not entirely sure there. He gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." In the same way, watch, after the supper, he took the cup. Well, there's mention there of at least two cups, and this one is after the supper. After the supper, the tradition is that that would be the cup of redemption. How interesting that Luke notes this. After supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup the cup of redemption is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. 
but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. He's referring there to Judas Iscariot. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. And they began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Oh boy, there's a lot going on in this passage. When we talk about Easter, okay, we're not talking about eggs and bunnies. I have nothing against eggs and bunnies, I, you know, and chocolate and all of that. But when we talk about Easter, what we're talking about when it comes to the Bible, we're talking about the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. These events are what we speak of when we talk about Easter. And there's all kinds of typology, well, use that word, that goes on here in Luke chapter 22. And uh, typology is very important when you look into the Bible because it's loaded with symbols and pictures and you have you have something that is uh, uh, predicted in the future using typology and you have types and shadows and so on and all of these things uh, that happen. And so um, I want to to explain to you the typology here. Um, Bernard Ram, the great, uh, great 20th century scholar, said this about typology and justifying typology. There is a relationship that exists between the Old and New Testaments. Jesus was very aware of this. Paul was very aware of this. Peter was very aware of this. John was very aware of this. All the New Testament writers were. And there is a definite relationship that exists between the two. Um, Jesus gives us an invitation to see him in the pages of the Old Testament. And there are many times where the New Testament refers to the Old Testament. So on this basis, we have some justification for this concept called typology. So I want to give you the correct typology of Passover, all right? Because there are all kinds of, of traditions in the Passover uh, feast today. Some of them are extra biblical and developed way after the Bible was completed. Uh, some of them come right out of the pages of Scripture. Uh, but people try and make typology up all over the place. I want to give you the correct typology as per what the scripture says okay uh, not the opinions of people but what does the scripture actually say when we understand this typology first and foremost um, first uh, first Corinthians chapter 5 okay we'll put that on the screen um, uh, Christ is our Passover lamb all right so we get this from first Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 7, 1 Corinthians, written by a Jewish man, the Apostle Paul. And he's addressing the Corinthian church in his first letter. It's technically his second letter. We don't have the first one. And 2 Corinthians is technically his third letter because we don't have the first one. But that's another story. And in 1 Corinthians, he he's very uh, uh, direct with his church. And he, he's, um, he's very blunt, he's very straightforward, and he's chastising them a little bit here. And look what he says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 6. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast as you really 
are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So what's he saying? He's saying that the fulfillment of the Passover lamb is in the Lord Jesus, who is our Passover lamb, and he has been sacrificed. And therefore, we who follow him and are his disciples should rid our lives of the yeast of sin and become a new batch without yeast, without sin. And this is the, the symbol of this, of this matzah to, to Paul uh, in this passage is that. So there's a representation here. Christ is our Passover lamb, and there's the yeast of sin. And the disciples, the followers of Jesus around the world, worldwide, whether they're uh, Hebrew or, or Gentile, we form the body of believers. We form the body of Christ, the new batch that is without the yeast of sin. Incredible typology there. Uh, but we move we move beyond that even. Uh, when we look at how Jesus um, uh, talked about this in Luke chapter 22, um, he he says to the people again, and we'll I'll, I'll go back and and uh, and read it. Um, I'm just going to find it here. Yeah, okay. Uh, verse uh, verse sixteen. Um, after taking the cup, this was the first cup. He gave thanks and he said, "Take this and d- divide it among you." Yeah, and uh, and um, take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink of it again until uh, uh, it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And then he takes bread and he breaks it, and he says to them, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So in the, in the same way that this was uh, symbolic to the Hebrew people, for hundreds and hundreds of years, Jesus is doing the same thing, but he's putting the application on himself saying, this is now a symbol, but of my physical body, at least in this passage. And Paul, again, would expand on this, and he would say it also represents the body of Christ, the, the church, the believers worldwide. So Jesus takes this to a new place when he says that this is his body. Uh, and this is a good reason uh, why we have some reason, uh, good reason to say that this is symbolic. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't literally become the body of Jesus when we participate in the Lord's table or communion. It's in as much as it was symbolic to the Hebrew people, it is still symbolic, but it is symbolic of something even deeper. The body of Jesus that hung on that cross and his body around the world, uh, the church. Um, And then he continues and he says, after the supper, he took the cup. So this would be the cup of redemption. And he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. 
Now, back in the book of Exodus, Moses sprinkled the blood of animals on the people, and he said, this is the blood of the covenant. Now, Jesus here, he's saying, this is the new covenant in my blood using the cup of redemption. It is a powerful symbol, and he is making a very, very powerful claim here He's saying that he is the redemption of humanity and he is bringing in the new covenant in his own blood. And this is right before he is going to face execution. So the symbolism of his body, the symbolism of his new covenant, it is really, really something when you stop and pause and consider it. Uh, I use Luke tonight because he's the one who shows us a distinction between these multiple cups. And he, interestingly, he's a Gentile. And yet, if you're Hebrew, you can see exactly what he is doing here in typical detailed Luke fashion. Okay, so that's just um, that's just a really, really basic explanation of this very, very significant um, uh, night. And uh, so I pray that it's a blessing to you and that it helps you appreciate and it helps you worship Jesus all the more as we approach uh, Easter weekend. And uh, I'll, I'll remind you again, Good Friday night, we're going to talk about that, uh, the, the crucifixion of Jesus and what specifically, what is the reason why Jesus died on that cross. And we are going to do communion together that night. And then on Easter Sunday at 11, we will have our live streamed Easter service, okay? If you are on our electronic list, and I suspect most of you watching are, uh, you should have received an email from me uh, about two terrific resources for you. One is Pilgrim's Progress. If you have kids in the house, uh, this is a, a 21st century a full feature digitally animated movie about the classic uh, story by the evangelist John Bunyan. Uh, this is a fantastic teaching resource about discipleship and what it means to be a Christian. It is free online until April 30th. You can watch Pilgrim's Progress. We have watched it as a family and it was fantastic. Uh, so you should see the link in your email and also uh, Sight and Sound Theaters, which is um, in the U.S. Uh, they do biblical productions uh, Broadway quality, hundreds of thousands of people visit their theaters every year. I've been there several times with my family and with church groups, and uh, they are actually showing for free their production called Jesus, and it's only on Easter weekend, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, through the Trinity Broadcasting Network, uh, and you can find all the details in that email if you want to be on our list just message me and we will uh, we'll be able to communicate with you all of the announcements and the various goings on uh, here at City Point. God bless you. And I'll say it in a combination of uh, English and uh, Hebrew. Happy Pesach. Okay. And uh, I pray you have a wonderful evening and uh, God bless you all.